You are listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. It wasn't a rock, no. It was a rock lobster. Dancing in my chair. It wasn't a rock. It was rock lobster. <laughs> well, hello again, everybody, and welcome back to the Varmints Podcast, wherein we do a whole bunch of research to educate ourselves and you, the listener, on all things that creep, crawl, slither, fly, jump, hop, and swim on this planet. One animal at a time. My name's Paul, and I am not an animal expert. I'm Donna, and I am also not an animal expert, but today we are going to talk about lobsters anyway. Yes. Rock lobsters. Rock lobsters and all the other lobsters, too. Yeah. But first, the news. This is Varmin's Headline News with your anchorman, some guy named Paul. Thank you, Matthew. So we are recording this near the end of July 2019, and just about a month ago, a short video supposedly showing a lobster scrawling a series of numbers went viral on social media. One of the videos posted on Twitter got more than three and a half million views, and another posting on Facebook racked up an additional 4.5 million views. Wow. The video was originally posted on the Chinese short video app Douyin, and then like a lot of things, it found its way to Facebook. The majority of the people that saw this video seemed to realize that this footage didn't actually show a literate lobster, (laughs) but of course, a lot of other people were not sure. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh... Have lobsters really learned how to write numbers? Well, we better hope not, because they'll be in competition with the octopoid overlords. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So, there are two theories here. And we've been eating them, I just want to point out. (laughs) They're going to be pissed. (laughs) So... (laughs) Okay, so obviously, it's they're not writing numbers. So, there's two theories here. One that as many pointed out, is that you can't see the top half of the pen in one of the videos. So Mm -hmm. it's likely that whoever was creating the video was controlling the pen from outside the camera frame. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe we're having to explain this. Why are we having this conversation? I don't know. (laughs) I love the picture of the lobster with the pen. (laughs) It's like, give me the contracts already. Just, just (laughs) Just tell me where I sign. Like he's, he looks like he's signing an entertainment contract of some kind <laughs> yeah. to go on the internet and yeah, be famous. He, he's committing to a university. Mm-hmm. He's going to go play lobster sports at 
at a particular <laughs> college. It'll be in Maine somewhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good old LU, Lost uh, University. <laughs> so another theory is that it's a template. But he's also an exchange student, though, because he's... Because <laughs> he's Chinese, right? <laughs> oh. So another theory is that it's a template. So a lot of people listening are probably familiar with templates, filters, and other things like that on apps like Snapchat or Instagram. Sure. And there's a Chinese app called Fun Push that has a lobster writing tablet. So there's mm -hmm. tutorials online that show you how to use this template so that you can have a lobster write out letters and numbers for you because, you know, that's that's what you do now. You take pictures of yourself and you put put weird things on your face and you look like a cat and blah, blah, blah. So, <laughs> so there is a point to all this. <laughs> Sometimes you'll see a video pop up on social media of a, an animal or a group of animals doing some really weird, amazing things. And sometimes these videos either feature some simple trick photography or photo or video editing software or a pre-made template or filter. Mm -hmm. There was one I saw online a while right. back of a group of ducks crossing the street. And it looked like they were kind of waiting patiently for the crossing signal and then crossing the road safely. And everybody went, ooh, look how smart those ducks are. And if you did a simple Google search, you found out that it was just CGI. Right. If you ever see any animal photo or video and you think it's too amazing to be true, do a quick Google search, and uh, that'll answer your question. I pulled this news story from the website Snopes, and that's a wonderful website. If you get any kind of viral video or hoax or something in your email or any kind of hinky stuff, Snopes is a great place to go to figure out if what you're looking at is is true or not. And hopefully you don't... <laughs> Hopefully, if you're listening to this, you didn't think that the lobster writing numbers on a piece of paper was legit. <laughs> but apparently a lot of people did. Well, it is some interesting uh, little editing, because if you look, you look on the second video, it's pretty obvious there's a hand that's been <laughs> cut off in the yeah. video. Because yeah. the shadow of the hand is still there. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I saw that lobster writing numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see this. <laughs> oh, I love the internet so much. Oh, internet. What won't you do <laughs> to entertain us? Oh. Uh, but he wasn't a rock. No. <laughs> he, was a, he was a rock lobster. Rock lobster. <laughs> Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, I gotta stop giggling long enough to get through my spiel. <laughs> All right, everybody, go to blazingcariboustudios.com for links to our audio and our show notes for today's episode. We are also on Twitter and Instagram at at Podcast, all one word, and at varmanspodcast at gmail.com for questions, comments, stories, and suggestions. I run a Pinterest board for every animal. That's a link at the bottom of our show notes. If you want Varmint's merchandise for your home or your body, you can get t-shirts, tote bags, whatever you want over at TeePublic. Go to TeePublic.com and put Varmint's podcast into the search engine and you will find all of our stuff done by our fabulous artist Imran Javed who did our logo. So, 
and you know iterations on our little mascot too so yeah cool new designs they're really really neat looking if you like the show why not tell a friend about us and introduce them to our podcast we are everywhere that podcasts are found and word of mouth is the very best way to help us grow so do it do it hey do you like having a good night's sleep i know i do <laughs> that's why we're going to tell you about this mattress called we're not going to tell you about a mattress we don't do those advertisements. Is that a subtle clue to me that I need to get more sleep? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't do mattresses or, or or boxes of food or audiobook things. We have Patreon, and people yeah. give us money through Patreon, and we love that so much. So we want to thank all our Patreon supporters for kicking in a little bit every month, so that we can have merch and we can pay for hosting and we can do all this great stuff. Patreon.com slash varmints if you want to join them. There are rewards for every level, and we do appreciate the help so very much. Well, I think it's about time to talk about some lobsters. Have you ever wondered about animals? What do they look like? Where do they live? Why are some of their legs also hands? Well, we have. So it's time to learn about animals. So we are talking about lobsters today. Lobsters are arthropods that belong to a family of large marine crustaceans that live in all the oceans uh, along the coastlines of every major continent to beyond the edge of the continental shelf. And they've been here for about 140 million years. And they also have legs that are also hands, I would like to point out. <laughs> That's true. There. <laughs> <laughs> There are two main groups of lobsters. There are 30 species of clawed lobsters, which include the very recognizable American and European lobsters, and 45 species of spiny or rock lobsters, which include things like crayfish. In general, lobsters are around 25 to 50 centimeters or 10 to 20 inches long. This can vary greatly by species. They are characterized by their two main body parts, which is the cephalothorax and the abdomen, that are covered by a hard protective exoskeleton called a carapace. The head has long antennae, mouth parts, and compound eyes. They have eight legs, which are used for locomotion, and the first three pairs have claws. The very first pair of claws are generally much longer than the others, and they have a large muscular tail that helps them escape danger. In general, male and female lobsters are called male and female lobsters, there are some areas in New England and other parts of the world where there are colloquial terms for a lobster's sex and size and all of that. Baby lobsters are hatched from eggs as larvae. The term of group for a lobsters is a pod. The word lobster came to the English language from the Middle English word lobster with a P and from the Old English word lobster. And that is believed to be a corruption of the Latin word locusta which means lobster or locust. So they're basically all three of these words are describing big ocean bugs. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to talk about the life cycle of the lobster. So there are many, many different kinds of lobster, as you've said, and they have different sizes, habitats, and appearances, but the life cycles among them are really similar. They all start their lives as little eggs, and they go through four distinct life stages before reaching maturity, which is pretty interesting. And it takes them forever. 
the amount of time spent on each stage it might differ in different species depending on what the water temperatures are and other factors in the habitat but like the tiny baby little larva those guys would fit on the end of your pinky finger and I just put a picture of that in the slack so you could see it I'll put it in the show notes they are so tiny in the first stage they are like little um, plankton they're actually considered plankton at that stage and they're so tiny that only one-tenth of one percent will actually survive to go on and be a big lobster guess how long it takes to get to the uh, the they have to molt to grow like all other arthropods but guess how long it takes to get to a lobster that's a size that you could eat at a restaurant Oh, wow. Are we the talking... minimum size. Minimum size is like two or three pounds or something. Okay. So, yeah. Are we talking months or years? Seven years. Oh, my goodness. Seven years? Mm-hmm. Wow. Just to get to the size where a fisherman will go, yeah, that's a good lobster. Holy Taking... moly. Yep. Yep. Pretty amazing, huh? Yeah. So this is how it all works. The little egg is no bigger than the head of a pin and it's carried inside the mom's body for about nine to 12 months before it's fertilized. And then she expels them out with like 10,000 other ones all at once. And she excretes this glue-like substance that um, attaches them to her swimmerettes. And so if you pick up a lady lobster who has babies and turn her over, she'll have like all these thousands of little eggs kind of glued to her abdomen. And um, it's interesting because lobster fishermen, if they get one of these females and they find a notch in her tail, they throw her back because that is telling them that this female is known and she's a good breeder, so they need to throw her back in and let her make more baby lobsters. Sure, yeah. (laughs) So uh, they remain that way stuck there for another 9 to 12 months until they hatch. And she's usually in cold water and she usually moves to warm water to warm up the babies and then they really start developing and then they hatch. And so they float to the surface and begin their larva stage. They stay in that stage, feeding on the plankton around them and they get they stay there for four to six weeks or so and they molt four times in this stage. With every molt brings about huge changes in their size and appearance. So by the time they get to the end of that, they're actually starting to look more like what you would think of as a lobster, right? So <laughs> so sure. they then they're heavy enough to sink to the ocean floor, and they run around and they seek shelter in the cracks and stuff until they've gotten big enough to dig out their own shelters. And then they remain there, expanding them as they need to for 25 molts usually five to seven years until they reach adult stage. Wow. Holy cow. Yep. Then once they're adults, they weigh about a pound, and then they're big enough to rove around on the ocean floor because lobsters are super territorial, so they need to be able to to either fight or run away <laughs> from another yes. lobster. And so they don't like to go out there too much until they're really, really adults. So they continue to grow their entire lives, but at a slower rate as they get older. And it's difficult to determine the exact age of a lobster. But based on average yearly growth, scientists believe that they regularly live for more than 50 years, assuming no hope of Homo sapiens eats them. Um, So males molt only once a year, and females do every two years. But here's a really interesting thing. The female can't 
have fertilized eggs unless she's in a, after a molted state. So she has to molt first and then uh, let the male fertilize her eggs. Oh, okay. It can only, copulation can only occur immediately after she molts while her shell is still soft. So she's in a pretty dangerous situation right there. That's pretty risky. Yeah. But it works out, apparently. So uh, before she's going to molt, she finds a male's den and sits outside of it, releasing pheromones so that he doesn't chase her away. She's like, hello. <laughs> Hi. Hi. I, I've got some eggs here. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so once he's convinced that she's not a threat, then he allows her into his den. And she can stay there until she her uh, mates and then her new shell hardens. And then she stores the male's sperm in a receptacle in her body for up to a year until her eggs are mature. And she actually decides when she's going to... Okay, time for fertilization. Brink. The eggs pass through this receptacle and they're fertilized on the way out of her body. Dun, da, da, da. Wow. Yeah, pretty amazing, huh? Yeah. I had no idea it was so complicated. They lay a ton of eggs too, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. because they spend a fair bit of their early life being food for other marine creatures. That's right. Yeah. One-tenth of... I think 1% is what they said are the average life, the, the average surviving lobsters out of all of those tiny little babies wow. to make it to be an adult lobster. Life yeah. is rough when you're a lobster. Yeah, and there's still a ton of them. Like, there's a ton of lobsters down there. There, None of them are, like, endangered or, or threatened or anything. Well, we'll talk about that a little bit later. It's oh. not necessarily true everywhere, but... Uh, we still need to be careful oh. because glo global warming is making it hard on little baby lobsters to make it past the larval stage. Boo. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and there's other, there's other problems as well, but we're going to talk about a positive thing later on in the show about conservation and lobsters. Cool. Donna, animals huh. have to pee and poop. They do. Yep, we have to pee and poop. They must... They must excrete waste. Yes. That, then, and there are very, very few animals that use every bit of what they take in and they don't eliminate anything. I think we, when we talked about butterflies, I think they're, the, they're an example of an animal that really doesn't peer poop. But they're definitely the outlier. So everything pees and poops. And in general, all the pee and poop is coming out of an opening that is as far away from the animal's mouth as possible. Right. Which is pretty good design. Like, I, you know, if I was making animals, that seems like a, a reasonable thing to do. That's a better situation than, uh, than a lot of animals have. <laughs> yeah, and it's, you know, a better situation than maybe the lobsters have, but lobsters, <laughs> they, they can deal with it. So. <laughs> well, they're in the water, so it doesn't matter as much, right? Eh, not as much. Yeah. So lobsters eliminate waste from their gills and their digestive glands because they don't have, you know, a beehole. Right. <laughs> but they also have openings called nephrophores or green glands that include a sac and they are linked to the bladder by a coiled tube. These green glands are located at the base of the antenna on the lobster's face. Mm -hmm. So lobsters pee out of their face. They certainly do. <laughs> and they're not just getting rid of waste. There are many other uses for this adaptation. Like you said, male lobsters love to fight with one another, and as part of their fighting, they will pee in each other's faces. <laughs> the ladies like to fight each other, too, by the way. And there's inter 
Intergender fighting as well. <laughs> so all the lobsters are peeing in each other's faces. I don't know if the ladies pee in each other's faces. I don't know, but I wouldn't put it past them. They're all lobsters. So. Sure. <laughs> pee in your face. Ah, I pee in your face. Ah. <laughs> and as you mentioned, female lobsters will seek out the most aggressive dominant male in the area. Yep. And they will show their interest by repeatedly sticking their heads into his shelter and peeing in it. Out of their face. Hello. Yes. Is anybody home? <laughs> <laughs> there are pheromones in the urine that can calm the male lobster down so that he will be more receptive and more willing to stop fighting other lobsters and, and stop for a minute and make little lobsters. <laughs> let's not fight, baby. <laughs> let's, just... <laughs> let's, make, let's make tiny replicas of ourselves. <laughs> So yeah, have some face pee. <laughs> I bring, <laughs> I bring you gifts. <laughs> uh. And oh god, don't put that in there. No, I won't. <laughs> ah, I like how it's Sadie Hawkins Day every day. If you're a lady lobster, yeah, there you go. <laughs> you <laughs> have some face pee. Let's make babies. <laughs> In lieu of flowers. <laughs> oh, no. So, yeah, if you're going to work or going to school tomorrow, just tell the nearest person that lobsters pee out of their faces. If you're going to school, that's the, that should be the first thing you tell your teacher. Yeah, it really should be. Hey, did you know? <laughs> did you know that lobsters pee out of their face? <laughs> I love that so much. Oh my god, they're so interesting. Just... I'm glad that I'm glad they don't know we're laughing at them because it's a, it's out of love. It's in love. It is lobsters. It's from love. They're delightfully weird. <laughs> they're so bizarre. <laughs> Disclaimer time. The Vomits Podcast knows it's not fair to compare animal intelligence to human intelligence, but then. Donna and Paul only have the yardstick of themselves, so they're going to do it anyway. <laughs> We're going to do it anyway. I did not find anything about intelligence in crustaceans, never mind lobsters in particular. Well, clearly they can write numbers. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. <laughs> Aside from that, yeah. yeah no, I, I, think, I think they're probably, you know, I don't know. What's the what? What are we gonna give them on our arbitrary scale? I mean, I'm giving them like a two. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Two. <laughs> I mean, the little ones are big enough. I I know how lobster traps work, right? They have sure. a hole in it, and the lobster, if they are small enough to fit through the hole, they get into the lobster pot. If they are too small, they can get out of the little opening in the pot that is made for the small ones to get out. So, yeah. So they're smart enough to to at least figure that out. So maybe it's a three, you know? Sure. So uh, sure, I'll go along with a three. And you know what? I want to tell the listener something. Listeners, when we do our research, we search specifically for like research that has done on these animals. Yeah. And how smart they are, and what they can accomplish. So it's, we're just not giving them. We are giving them an arbitrary number, but we're also trying to find 
scientific proof that there is something up in between their little ears. And, yeah. and sometimes we come up with nothing. If there's a study about it, we can usually find it. Yeah. But in this case, I didn't find anything. So. No. So this is completely arbitrary. We're just... Yeah. Yeah. It's We're a three. guessing. We're guessing based on their based on their problem solving abilities, basically. And it seems like the basic problems that they need to solve to get out of a lobster pot are perfectly <laughs> those are good to them. Although they have these claws. What are their claws called? Like the 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 herder and the pounder, <laughs> the crusher and the clipper, the something. They have these really, really aggressive names for their claws. <laughs> Yeah, the one is called the Crusher Claw, and the other the one is crusher. called... The Crusher! Yeah, the other one is called the Cutter Claw. The Crusher and the Cutter. So yeah. you would think with the Crusher and the Cutter that the lobster pot would be nothing to them. But apparently they can't figure that out. So nope. yeah, I guess I guess they have to be at a three. <laughs> <laughs> Arbitrarily. Oh, <laughs> uh, bless their little lobster hearts. Yes. <laughs> They're the best. All right, we are going to talk about lobsters and pop culture and a couple other things but we're going to do that after we tell you about us and by us we mean tpublic.com which donna mentioned in the beginning we have new designs based on our logo for t-shirts and hoodies and sweatshirts and kids stuff and wall art and mugs and posters and tote phone bags case. phone yeah. case phone and cases tapestries and tapestries uh, did you say coffee mugs? They have like the travel mug and the regular mug. Yes, we have a, a travel mug and a regular mug. Yeah. All kinds of stuff. There is all, if you like the baseball style of t-shirt, can you get one of those? You sure can. Woohoo! Right? I like the tailored fitted t-shirts and they have those if you're a lady who likes that, that kind of t-shirt. So. Yep. All different yeah. colors. You like black t-shirts. I do. I do I too. Do. If you go to tpublic.com slash varmints, we will put a link in the show notes. You can go there and you can buy all this stuff. And they, once in a while, have really, really good sales. So you can save some money on uh, whatever you want to get. And you can wear varmint swag around. You can carry it around. You can show people that you listen to the show. And that would be really, really cool. Hey there everyone, Paul and Don are a couple of nerds just like you, and they don't get to see animals up close and in person very often. So let's talk about where we all see them most of the time, on movies, TV, comic books, toys, and video games. So your thing sounds pretty darn interesting. What is this thing all about? What is this? It is weird. It's a weird video game, and I'm... I just want to say I'm so surprised at how sparse pop culture references for, for lobsters are out there. There's hardly anything. And there's such a weird creature that you would think that there'd be a ton of stuff, but there really isn't. Was there... What What else was there? Because I, I knew my, what I was going to do right away, so I didn't even look. So, I mean, I couldn't find any cartoon characters. I couldn't find any comic book heroes or villains based on lobsters. I couldn't find anything. But I did find this weird video game. Right. And it is called Neo Aquarium, the King of Crustaceans. Nice. It is an indie video game published by Nussoft and published by AGM Playism. Nice. So here's the description of the game. And this is in all caps. Two fish enter, one fish leaves. They're not really fish, but that's the description. I'm looking at the Steam site. Yes. For it right now. Yep. 
So here's the description. It is. Um, it says, this is a competitive 3D shooting game based on crustaceans. You get to control unique creatures like lobsters, crabs, and barnacles in a wild water world that exceeds all human sense. That's the exact, <laughs> exact description. Experience intense battles that take place in neo-aquariums, dimensionally linked aquariums that promote the evolution of organisms, and use skills that are unique to arthropods, such as molting and self-amputation. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, lobsters can grow back a limb, although, um, you know, you wouldn't want that to happen because it's a lot of energy to do that, but they can. Yeah, and apparently you can use that as a weapon. Ugh. So, this is, I want to read this too. It's the message from the creator. It reads, Have you ever really looked at the crawfish and crabs you eat so casually every day? There are hard shells, there are sharp claws and spines, there are ten legs that they can amputate in case of emergency, compound eyes that allow them to see in all directions. They are beautiful fighting creatures shaped by nature to survive with only their bodies in the hostile environment of the deep sea. <laughs> in most video games, human beings shoot lasers and fly through the sky as if it's nothing, but I asked myself the question, what if lobsters and crab crabs had these kind of powers? What if they did? What if they did? Nature's strategies sometimes far exceed the creativity of humans. Uh, if you reach a deadlock in the human struggles of your daily life, try turning your eyes toward nature. I'm sure you will find an, quite an unexpected battle for survival there. It's only $8.99 for the basic game. Yeah. So when, we're, when we get to the end of the summer, let's play it. And then we'll talk about it on the show. Later. Yes, I'm up for it. When yeah. we do another, we'll, when we do another critter that's a similar critter, we'll talk about our experience playing this game. And do you know what? It looks super fun. It looks super fun, and it has really, really positive reviews. Yeah. Yeah. Did I'm... you notice that it is part of the seafood platter franchise? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I just want to read a couple of the reviews real quick. Yeah. Oh, do it. Yeah. So Ninja Wookie said, and this is in all caps. <laughs> Game of the year, buy it now, 100 out of 10, killed a missile-shooting crab with an epic lobster. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Red said, finally, the game of my dreams makes me feel like a real crustacean. Delightful. <laughs> and, nice. Yeah, and several other people on Steam called it, and I quote, life-changing. Oh, my goodness. It's going on my wish list. It's going on my <laughs> wish list. Nine bucks. How can you go wrong? I am, I'm definitely picking it up. Yeah, I will too. Cool. I don't know how it's supposed to work, but apparently you can be a barnacle. Yeah, I don't know how that would work, but I'm, <laughs> I'm all about being a barnacle. I'm a role player. I'll do whatever you want. It don't matter. It's fine. I'll do it. Uh, it's excellent. Well, so we heard a lot of what I am going to talk about today at the top of the show top of the show b52's rock lobster let's go ahead and talk about the song a little bit yeah this song was written originally in 1978 amazing right i'm surprised <laughs> it was that old honestly i didn't think it was that old i had no idea that the b52 started that early but yeah they they released the, the Warner Brothers single, Rock Lobster, was released originally in April of 1978 on a 7-inch single. And it was by followed up by Private Idaho, which I love, 
and uh, Planet Claire on the B-side. Wonderful, wonderful songs. It was their first single that appeared on the Billboard Hot 100 where it reached number 56. And it was a major hit in Canada where it went all the way to number one because Canadians just have a sense of humor that is completely fits with the B-52s. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and yeah, so Rock Lobster was well received by critics and was placed at number 147 on Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs of All Time. And I can't, uh, I can't agree more. It's yeah. such a great song. I had a really good time dancing in the teen club to that song and everybody it was like the last sort of gasp of having a dance that people would do because all the kids i don't know if, if you did it in other cities but we had a particular dance that we did to this song where we'd jump on our le left leg for when it would go dun 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 and we'd change our leg to the right leg dun 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 and then you'd go Left, right, 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 you know, that kind of thing. And we'd all hop around. And then when he went to the down, down part, all the kids would get down on the floor and dance around pretending to be a lobster. Oh, that's awesome. And so I have no idea if this was just a Colorado thing or if it was, and I wish, wish somebody had taken video of all of us cute little teenagers dancing to this song because I bet it was adorable. We had so much fun. But this is interesting. According to Behind the Vinyl, a video with Fred Schneider, which was done for CHBMFM, the song was mostly inspired by a discotheque in Atlanta that was called 2001, where instead of having a light show, the club featured a slideshow with pictures of puppies, pictures of babies, and then pictures of lobsters and stuff. And so they kind of took that base and they made it a beach party instead of a nightclub and so that's why they have all this there goes a dogfish chased by a catfish in flu a sea robin watch out for that piranha you know all that kind of <laughs> stuff they're just kind of putting it all in there with noises that are just crazy kate pearson did those high-pitched like high songs mm -hmm. and uh, it's a part of the song and oh just so much fun it's a, it's such a fun song. It's fun to play, by the way. <laughs> Did you guys play it in your little band? Yeah, we never performed it, but we played we played it in our own rehearsals. And uh, other other bands in town would play it, and I've seen other bands play it. And there is nothing that can get people on their feet faster than something by the B52s. They were just they are incredible. Still are. They're still together. So. They're still together. They're still making music. It's really cool. They're incredible, and I, I love them so much. But, uh, yes, so um, some interesting facts about that. In the spring of 1980, John Lennon, uh, who had was post-Beatles and his music career had been on hiatus for about five years, he was prompted to record again after he heard Rock Lobster. So Lennon was inspired to record again after hearing that song. And that led to the release of Double Fantasy, which has very little in common with the B-52s, but it's what inspired him to go write music again. Huh. So, wow. Yeah. Yep. The song appears in the Family Guy episodes The Cleveland Loretta Quagmire, in which Peter plays it on the guitar. Screams of Silence, the story of Brenda Q as an Iraq lobster. <laughs> <laughs> and in 2008, the movie The Pirates Who Don't Do Anything, a Veggie Tales 
movie as Rock Monster. <laughs> what? <laughs> yep. Early Commodore Amiga, Amiga 500 units had B-52 slash Rock Lobster etched on the main circuit board, which is so nerdy, Commodore people. My goodness. <laughs> it is playable in video games like Just Dance at a Rock Band. And Panic at the Disco sampled the guitar riff on their song, Don't Threaten Me with a Good Time. So that's huh. pretty interesting. Yeah. It was also covered by the crossover thrash band called Dead Horse on their 1991 album, <laughs> Peaceful Death and Pretty Flowers. So. <laughs> <laughs> so absolutely, Rock Lobster is the total extreme best thing ever. And uh, I just encourage you to listen to everything by the B-52s forever and ever and ever. Yes. Because they are the best. Yep. Just love them. Love them. If you go to karaoke night sometime and you don't know what to sing, pick a B-52 oh, song. Sing Lock, yeah. Rock Lobsters, or, or Love Shack is good. They are yeah. the best karaoke songs. There are quite a few songs that you really, especially if it's Fred doing the singing, you don't really need to be able to sing that well. You can talk your way through most of oh, it. Oh, so. absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. it's not like when the ladies are singing, you might actually want to be able to sing for songs that they do. But for his, nah, just talk your way through. It's you can fine. just yell. He has a great voice, fine. but he doesn't really, he doesn't, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. It's great. Do it. What's the matter with you? Aren't you hungry? Aren't you going to eat that? Come on, eat. <laughs> <laughs> That yes. voice is the voice of my wife, Jennifer. She is from Rhode Island originally, and she is no stranger to eating lobster. She prefers to buy it um, in the form yeah. of lobster tail or lobster rolls or, or something like that. But yeah, we're we're eating lobsters, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And dipped in butter. Yeah. Yes. I love the people that are always like, well, you know, they're very good for you if you don't include the butter. What planet are you on? You would eat the lobster without the butter. That, that is the saddest thing I've ever heard. I know. It's why like, would you, you do know, that? Why would you do that to yourself? What sort of life do you have? Are you are you in some sort of, you know, aesthetic order that you have to deny yourself pleasure or yeah. something? Like, why would you even? Yeah. And I'm going to talk yeah. about it in here in just a second. But if you're paying that much for lobster, enjoy the lobster. Just enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. Get a little cup of butter and just, we have a place here that sells lobster rolls and they're not oh, cheap. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But it's basically just a bun with probably a, at least a whole tail and both claws worth of meat. When I went to visit my friends in New Hampshire, we had lobster rolls and yeah. they were not expensive because of course it's New England and they have a lot of lobster out there and they were delicious. Wonderful. Yeah. Bread and lobster meat. Are you kidding me? Bread, lobster meat, and butter. That's the only ingredients. <sighs> There's nothing else that you need, except maybe some fiber con. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Find dear. time to eat a vegetable at some point in your day. <laughs> yeah. That's probably why they give you the little cup of coleslaw with the lobster Yeah, that's roll. it. They're like, no, nah, trust us. Just eat it. <laughs> yeah, it helps, helps get it through. <laughs> and conveniently, the meaty bits are not on the front where they pee out of their face. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is convenient. <laughs> ah, sweet. So 
I can see from our notes that you noticed the historical significance of people eating lobsters. Yes, that is correct. Let's talk about that. Mama always said that ponies can't dream. Yeah, well, I heard that dogs are made of rope. Our animalologists have been working tirelessly at your local library to combat misinformation and bring you this edition of Animal Fact of the Week. Yeah, so here's the little history behind the lobster that we eat today. Lobsters were not always a delicacy. Back when the first European settlers reached North America, they wrote that there were so many lobsters that piles up to two feet high would wash ashore in Massachusetts. My gosh, that's a lot of lobster. Yeah, and whether or not this is hyperbole, we do know that these settlers did not want to eat them. They called them the cockroaches of the sea. Ha! Yeah. Shows what they knew. <laughs> lobsters were so plentiful and so undesirable that they were commonly used as fertilizer and fish bait by the colonists. Wow. But pretty soon, colonists began to figure out that they could eat lobster. And there was a ton of them. So the lobster meat became an emergency source of protein. If there was a bad season or a bad harvest, you could you could survive on lobster. They were used as food for poor people, prisoners, slaves, apprentices as a way to save money. There are even accounts of dock workers and prisoners rioting because of being fed too many meals with lobster meat. Wow. I wonder how, how, did, how did it change? How did they begin to realize they could eat them? Like, one day did somebody spill some butter accidentally <laughs> on it? And, well, and it was like, this farmer, fisherman or whatever, was like, Martha! Martha! Come on in here! Taste this lobster! What are you talking about, Zebediah? <laughs> <laughs> well... It didn't happen quite like that, but two things happened during the 1800s. And those two things were canned food and railway transportation. Canning meant that lobster was available to people in the middle of the country that had never had lobster before, and it was cheap, so it became one of the most popular canned products available. People all over the country could get canned lobster and enjoy it, and railway transportation meant that all of those people in the middle of the country that were eating the canned lobster that they were getting off the trains they could af get affordable tickets to travel out to those coastal American cities to get the real thing. And all of a sudden, lobster started getting really expensive because when you have a lot of something lying around and tourists are willing to pay for it, you charge as much as you can for it. Right. <laughs> so in the 1880s, prices began to surge. Restaurants serving lobsters were not only charging a premium price for it, but they were also selling cookbooks with lobster recipes, so you could do this at home. By World War II, lobster was considered a delicacy, which meant that it was not rationed and that wealthy could eat as much lobster and shellfish as they wanted to, which further increased its status as something that rich people eat, and that has continued down to this day. Even when market prices are relatively low, restaurants can still charge a premium on any dish that has lobster in it. Wow. Yeah. So that's how fertilizer turns into gourmet food. Oh my goodness, that is crazy. Yep. <laughs> interesting. Okay, so this is interesting. Conservation has helped lobsters and Maine lobstermen as the oceans warm, and here's how it has happened. 
Scientists that study the warming of the ocean say in a new study that conservation practices have allowed northern New England's lobster industry to thrive in the face of the environmental changes that we're seeing. The lobster fishery is the backbone of Maine's economy, and business has been booming in recent years, but southern New England's fishermen's lobster catch has plummeted. And this is because ocean temperatures have risen in both areas to levels that scientists say is favorable for lobsters off northern New England and Canada, but it's not so good for them in southern New England. So shift in the economy. Scientists led by researchers at the Gulf of Maine Research Institute in Portland, Maine, say that the differences in practices have contributed to the record hauls off Maine and population collapse just a few hundred miles south. So they're they just published this study recently and the key difference is that Maine lobstermen worked together decades ago to create the strategy that we talked about earlier to protect older larger lobsters and egg carrying females by putting a notch in their tail right they returned the big lobsters to the sea and they mark a v-notch on the tail of the egg carrying lobster and then they throw them back in and it's been used in Maine for about a century. So it, it provides a sign, like we talked about, to other fishermen to leave the fertile lobsters alone. Fishermen in other states use the notch too, but some got on board really only very recently, like Connecticut established its program in the mid, uh, middle of the 2000s. So what they've shown through their study is that officially, this tail notching technique is a protection that helped Maine's fishery take advantage of the optimal temperature conditions that occurred in the early 2000s and that those kinds of protections are going to be essential for maintaining the fishery as the oceans warm. So Maine lobstermen catch more than 80% of America's lobster haul. So this is important. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> They, they set a record of more than 130 million pounds of crustaceans in 2016, just in Maine. That Ooh, is incredible. That's a lot of and lobster. The, pro the product is really valuable right now, and uh, their lobster, Maine's lobster fishery was, was worth more than 530 million at Holy the docks smokes. in 2016. Wow. So, yep. So there's been renewed interest in lobster in general in the food industry. People are wanting lobster ravioli, lobster roll sandwiches. You know, live lobster is always uh, wanted, as you were talking about. But on the formerly strong lobster fishing grounds in Rhode Island, Connecticut, Massachusetts, and New York, the situation's pretty bad. The lobster catch in New England, south of Cape Cod, fell from about 22 million in 1997 to 3.3 million pounds in 2013. If you have any doubt about climate change, look at stuff like this. I mean, this is all this. This is only part of all the other pieces. It's not like there's just one set of scientists going, "Oh, we took a few measurements over here." And, and that's all there is. This is part of the huge web of evidence that we have. And it is going to affect your ability to get lobster. So probably pretty important to, to, to learn what you can. Yes. But it's interesting that this model that they have been using in Maine to protect the catch is actually helping. So the study shows that lobsters that are highly sensitive to warming oceans... Um, that human interventions can actually help protect the population. So it's not, you know, it's a good thing. It's a thing that they were already doing that's just going to grow and, and spread, and it's all part of the way that they're going to 
um, contribute to their conservation programs and keep going in that part of the world. And hopefully we'll be able to save our ability to eat lobster, you know? Yeah, that would <laughs> and, be nice. And the economy for lots of families that live off of the lobster business. So, yeah, very, very interesting. And I always like it when... I always like it when it's when a practice which is relatively old in food, you know, food production is the best thing for us to do. You know, that's always yeah. nice to figure to, to see that like, oh, we haven't changed this in 100 years. And actually, we shouldn't because this works really good. And now we can prove it. So, yeah, I really love that. interesting stuff. Amazing. Amazing. I love New England. You can tell Jennifer, I think New England is just about the best place on the planet. Really interesting study. I'll link that on the... I read this mostly verbatim for you guys, so you can just go and look at it yourself. I Most of the time I try to sum things up, but this one was pretty complex, so I decided just, you know what, I'm just going to read the article. So Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Well, this has been a fun episode, and we thank you guys for listening to it. We had the best time. You guys are not going to hear us being cutting up and being goofy. Oh, my goodness. For the most part. It's ridiculous, but I hope it's a fun episode for you guys because we had a really good time recording. It was a blast. Ridiculous. We're so silly. This podcast, as always, is brought to you with technical support by Matthew Chomo. Bed music by Kevin McLeod. Our logo was created by Imran Javed. Our vocal talent today was... Chris Brayton, Jennifer Chomo, and Justine and Santiago. Brisky Coffin works in our personal lobster cannery. <laughs> yes, she does. <laughs> and now it's time for the Rugrat Corner. If you have a Rugrat eight years of age or younger who wants to be on our podcast, send us a message on Facebook or email us at varmintspodcast at gmail.com for details. We make it super easy for your little Rugrat to hear their voice on our podcast. Do it! And today we have Aubrey and Isaac. They have something to say about lobsters. Oh, I can't wait. Lobsters and crawfish were made with a purpose. They hardly ever come up to the surface. They were made to keep the ocean floor clean, stirring up the sand like a washing machine. Lobsters are crustaceans that live on the bottom of the sea that are very similar to their close relative, the crawfish. Crawfish are found near rocks and many creeks, rivers, and other bodies of water in the USA that have rocks. Do you want to know what lobsters have? A pinch of muscle. <laughs> Thank you so much, Aubrey and Isaac. Yay, that was so cute. And thanks to their mom, Kristen, for giving us that audio. We do appreciate it. That was as cute as a tiny little baby lobster. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, again so much for listening. And until next time. Be nice to animals. Okay. You've been listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Support and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Studios. Well, that was just silly. It's just a silly bunch of nonsense. It was fun.